podcast. Today, my guest is Dr. Ashok Menon, who is a consultant general surgeon based out of Sharjah and Kerala. Dr. Ashok used to run a medical center in Sharjah for 27 years and now runs one in Kerala. Dear Dr. Ashok, welcome to my show. Hi, uh, Vedant. Nice to have you here and uh, thank you for inviting me for your show. I've been a real fan of yours because I've been following most of your podcasts and uh, it has been really a pleasure to listen to you and you're doing a great job. And I'm really proud that you're reading well and uh, you're, you're well read about all, everything. You know, Your general knowledge is pretty good. Yeah. So what is that you'd like to know from me? I'm curious to know who, what is a general surgeon? Like, what do they do? Yeah, that's a good question. See, the point is... Uh, the term terminology, general surgery. So general, what does it mean? General means everything, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, from top to bottom. So uh, so initially, all surgeons, like when I had my training in the early 80s, and even before that, all the surgeons who were trained, were trained from top to bottom. In, the, in, other, in other words, they were allowed to do all surgeries pertaining to the brain, to the head, to the neck, to the chest, to the abdomen, to the limbs, and whatnot. You name it and we do it. Okay. So that was the sort of training we had. And, uh, and then what happened was later on, maybe late 80s, uh, they started specializing. So they had specialties coming up for each part. So you had the head and neck specialty, then you had the neuro specialty for the brain, then you had the cardiothoracic for the heart, then you had the gastrointestinal for the abdomen, and then you had the limbs which was set right by the orthopedicians. Then you had the urologist tackling the urinary system and so on. So, you know, the specialty. So the, the entire general surgery was subdivided later on. And now a general surgeon is not very significant because now we, we call them remainder surgeons because nothing there's nothing left over because everything has been divided to such an extent that the general surgeons has nothing much to do. However, however, I still prefer general surgery because... I have been trained in all modalities and I can tackle all the cases, most of the cases, which I think is uh, uh, pretty good. So basically a general surgeon is someone who can do surgery on the heart, in the limbs, in the neck, in the nose, in the... Everywhere. Ev- That's right. Everywhere in the body, right? That's right. Being a surgeon sounds like being a mechanic. How does one practice to become better? Like if you're, in a, me- if you're a mechanic and a car breaks down, you can fix it. If you do a mistake, you can revert it and make it better. But for the body, you can't do that. So what does it take? Yeah, you see, the thing is, the, the important thing you should know is a uh, general surgeon is not only a mechanic because that was the impression that was given by the West. Because if you see the history of surgery, if you see the history of surgery, surgery all began in India. Surgery began in India and uh, it goes back, dates back to, uh, you can say, 800 B.C. Shushuruda was the father of general surgery. Shushuruda. You must have heard of Shushuruda. Uh, Shushuruda was a physician and uh, he was considered to be the father of general surgery. And he had laid down so many rules uh, you know, for the uh, medical fraternity, which we still follow. 
And during his time, that is, he was between 800 to 700 BC. During his time, he has operated on most of the organs, right from the brain to the urinary bladder, the limbs, the heart, everything. And it is said that he was trained by uh, Lord Danvendri. You know, there was a, uh, in our mythology, you must have heard of Lord Danvendri, goddess of medicine. So they say that uh, he was trained by Lord Danvendri. So that's how he got his training. And uh, he passed it on to his uh, fellows. And thereby, you know, uh, he started doing all sorts of uh, good work, wherein uh, uh, he developed a very good name for himself during his time. And he had also pioneered the plastic surgery, you can say, in the world, by, because he is the first person to invent a reconstruction of the nose. You know, because in olden times, you know, what they used to do uh, as a punishment, they used to cut off the nose of people. You know, the, the kings, that, that's what they used to do. They used to just cut the nose off. And then uh, Shushruta, he devised a technique wherein, uh, you know, uh, he reconstructed the nose. He reconstructed the nose. What he did was he took a flap from the forehead. You know, he took a V flap. You know, he made a, he made a cut like a V. And then he turned it around, brought it to the nose. And then he reconstructed the skin of the nose and, he re, you know, by putting a bone bridge. So that's how he did it. And we are still following this. We are still following this. Now, what happened was, later on, all this died off. So, Shushruta has recorded all this in his book, the Shushruta Samhita. It's a textbook of medicine, one of the oldest textbooks of medicine. And he has recorded this uh, in a book. And what happened was that this went out uh, of reach of other people and when the Europeans came. So, the Europeans, they were not aware of all this. They were not aware of this Shushruta surgeries and all that. Uh, and then what happened was they had what we call as barber surgeons. So that was a, that was something like 1000 AD, long, long, long after Shushruta, you know. So they had barber surgeons. So barber surgeons basically were, you know, surgeons, uh, were, were barbers. They were basically barbers. And uh, they worked in monasteries. They worked in monasteries. And they were given the job of tonsuring the, the, the hair of the, the priest. You must have seen, you know, the, the priest, they don't have hair there at that, that point. So they were wielding the razor. And at the same time, they were given the job of bloodletting and minor surgeries. They were asked to do minor, minor surgeries. Okay. And generally, they were charged by carrying the soldiers uh, during and after the battle because you had plenty of battle there. And since they were possessing the razor, and coordination indispensable. And, you know, apart from cutting the hair, they could do amputations also. You understand? So that is how it has. That is how the, the, the evolution of surgery has taken place. Then later on, they found that the mortality, you know, the death rate was very high. And the infection rate was very high of those performing surgeries like this. You understand? So that was the way the sur surgery evolved. That is the way it evolved. Yeah. Good. The barbershop, there's that pole kind of thing. The pole with the lights. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So all that, see, this all pertains to this, you know. Because barbers were initially, especially during the, you can say, the European uh, medical practice of the Middle Ages, barbers were given a very important uh, role. 
and even in the palaces like uh, king uh, george his op surgery he had a problem with his uh, uh, he had a fistula and that was operated by his barber none other than other than his barber but then of course that got infected and later on that uh, he he succumbed to it so that, that that's uh, the other part the other part of the story and the first barber surgeon actually uh, he used to perform all sorts of minor surgeries like you know bloodletting and uh, what do you say amputations when you've got infected wounds without anesthesia mind you there was no anesthesia during that time but shushruda that's why, that's why coming back to shushruda he has actually invented a way where you could anesthetize people using wine so he used to apply he used to he used to pour wine into the wound so that binums that area and then he used to amputate you understand yeah that that was really surprising pouring wine on someone's wound wow yeah. i wish my parents could do that to my wounds <laughs> you know something uh, vedant uh, you you know my background because i, I am from a military background that uh, my dad was in the air force and i have been <clears throat> witnessing all the wars so during the 1965 uh, operation that is the uh, indo pakistan war you see we had a lot of casualties in the kutch front and uh, we had surgeons posted there and uh, they had to do like you know bullet wounds so bullet wounds when you have a bullet wound in the leg and elsewhere you've got to do immediate surgery remove the bullet or sometimes the the limb is shattered so they have to amputate them so these things are done so what happened was that they ran out of anesthesia so normally we used to give nitrous oxide gas and oxygen and uh, we used to anesthetize the patient so anesthesia was not there so then what did they do they resorted to taking alcohol they they poured alcohol because alcohol was freely available in the uh, military camps so they used to take alcohol and pour it over the wound and then they used to cut the limb you know so they did that and then these these people were bandaged and then sent in ambulances to the afmc in pune and you should see there you know loads of people coming in ambulances to uh, armed forces medical college i was there in pune during that time and uh, we, we used to see these people coming in all in you know in severe pain and all that so that's how it happens <clears throat> were you scared when your dad went to war well i was not scared in fact i was thrilled because as you know vedant i wanted to become a pilot <laughs> so because uh, you know wherever my dad was posted he was posted in most of the flying stations and uh, he used to take me to the airfield and we used to go there and i used to visit all the cockpits of all those planes you know the planes that we had those days like we had the vampires we had the canberras we had the hunters these were the planes you don't see them now these are all uh, museum pieces now so i used to you know go to the uh, cockpits of that and i wanted to fly them that was my ambition like the spitfires too right spitfires yes yeah, spitfires hurricanes and all that and then the warpatties so warpatties and spitfires and hurricanes came in during the second world war that was yeah. during the second world war yeah but spitfires spitfires went out of after the british uh, the battle of britain the battle of britain was fought with uh, spitfires what was your dad's role in world war 2 well he was to fly he was an air gunner basically so uh, he used to sit behind the pilot because they used to have a biplane you know they used to have a biplane which we call as a warpati it's known as warpatis so you're exposed from the chest above you're exposed chest above you see there's no hood on top and then the pilot sits in front the air gunner sits at the back and the air gunner has a ring it's known as a gun ring so he sits in the center of the gun ring 
And as they fly, because there was a ceiling height of 10,000 feet or so, so they fly for about 10,000 feet. And when they see enemy planes around them, the air gunner, he just circles the, the, the gun ring. So I, when, when the gun ring goes, goes in circles, it starts firing in all directions. So whichever plane is in their target will get hit. So that they used to do that. He was flying over the Burma front. And, uh, you know, he's one of his pilots, like, was Air Chief Marshal Arjun Singh. He has flown with Arjun Singh. And uh, they have flown a lot over the Burma front and, uh, and that, that area. That is where the Japanese were involved. I heard that you do teleconsultation now. Yes. How do you consult on surgery without, like, without being there physically? Like, do you tell the person you're... That is doing the teleconsultation to yes, definitely, definitely. open the leg or... Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. What happens is now, in my clinic in Sharjah, what I've done is I've trained my nurses in such a way that uh, any physical examination has to be done. They will do it on my behalf. Right? So I will be seeing the patient lying on the couch and then I will ask the pain. Suppose the patient comes with abdominal pain. Suppose the patient is coming with abdominal pain. So then I will ask the patient to lie down on the couch. He lie down on the couch and I'll ask the nurse to examine his abdomen. Okay. And then he, he or she will examine his abdomen and then tell me where exactly he has the pain. Is there any lumps visible, any, anything is, he could feel anything there and all that. So he'll give me a running commentary when he does the examination and I'll make an inference out of it. And then of course we, we conclude or we, we, we come to a conclusion only after uh, doing the various investigations, like we may have to do an ultrasound or we may have to do a CT scan or whatever, if you have a suspicion. Otherwise, maybe just it may be just a colic, you know, where there's no particular uh, uh, reason for it. So we just give them some medication, ask them to come for a review. So usually this is done, but no surgical cases are done. Like, suppose he requires surgery, then what we tell him is we, we advise him surgery and we tell him that, okay, you have to wait for surgery or you can go to my colleague who's there in station and he will do the surgery for you. So we do the same thing here also. In India also, we do the same thing. So when I'm in Sharjah, I have a teleconsultation with patients in India. So it's the same procedure. The procedure is almost the same. So you don't ask people to open their legs and do anything to fix their bone or something like that? No, no. Fixing, see, that's what I told you, Vedant. You know, now fixing bones is not my territory. It's gone to the orthopedicians. So anybody who breaks their bone goes to an orthopedician. Previously, I have fixed bones. During my training, I have fixed bones. I have drilled holes in the skull. All that I have done. But now, it's history. Now, if I start drilling holes in the skull for a subdural hematoma, I'll be, uh, I'll be um, litigated. They'll take me to court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that's how the general surgeons stand now. Is there any difference between practicing in Sharjah versus India? Well, not much of a difference because uh, it's virtually the same. Because my specialty is the same here and there and I have the same facility. So generally it is the same. There's nothing, nothing much. Of course, when I'm in India, I can physically see the patient and if there's a surgery required, I can always advise and do the surgery. Well, And if I am in Sharjah, definitely I'll do the same thing there. Otherwise, it will be all virtual. The patient will wait for me uh, till I come there and then I'll do the surgery you wanted to be, be a pilot, right? Yes. Why did you choose to be a doctor? <laughs> I'll tell you something. That's a, that's a story. So when I was about your age, when I was about your age, that was probably um, 
1967. So during that time, I we met with a car accident. We met with a car accident while we were traveling from Bangalore to Kerala because we used to travel by car always. You know, right from Delhi to Kerala, Bangalore, Pune, Chandigarh to Kerala. All these things we used to do by car those days. And uh, while traveling, we met with an accident, and uh, I had an injury and a blunt injury. Blunt injury means there's nothing obvious on my body. I mean, there was no cuts or bruises, but I had some abdominal pain, and I was taken to the hospital. And, and then there, uh, they uh, we met a few surgeons, like uh, uh, a very very senior surgeon who was there, who was on uh, on on the rounds that day. That was in Bangalore, military hospital, Bangalore, and then uh, of course. Uh, they operated on me, and uh, they found that they had uh, some injury to my spleen, and they repaired it. And uh, I was okay after that. Then, soon after that, soon after that, uh, Doctor Christian Bernard, South African, he did the first heart transplant. That was in 1967, December 3rd. That was the time he did his first heart transplant, and I was really thrilled by it because you know, transplanting a heart is no joke. So and that patient survived for around eighteen days. The first patient. Later on, patients had a better survival, but that changed me. So because I had been, you know, I was hospitalized for some time for maybe about ten, fifteen days. So uh, seeing surgeons around, doing all sorts of positive work. Then immediately after the war, that was immediately after the war, sixty-five operations. Uh, so I've been, you know, into this uh, medical field for some time, uh, seeing patients coming in and out of hospitals. And basically, what changed me was the heart transplant by Christian Bernard. Ever since that, uh, I just wanted to become a heart surgeon. Basically, I wanted to become a heart surgeon, and it went on. It went on. But then finally, uh, when it came to my specialization uh, in the eighties, I, I took up. In fact, I got admitted to heart surgery. But my professor told me, "Look, if you take up heart surgery, you will be, uh, you know, confined to heart. You will not be able to do the other surgeries." Whereas I like to do all surgeries. So then I opted out and then took up general surgery. But I have no regrets because I've I've done a lot of surgeries, you know. So I have no regrets in taking the taking up the specialty. That's really good because in cricket, I'm not even I'm not assigned to one specific thing. Meaning I'm not not a specific bowler. I'm not a batsman. I'm just, I'm an all rounder. I good, do bowling. Good. I do batting. I do. That's fielding. fantastic. Good, good. Who's your favorite player? Um, Kane Williamson. I met him. Mm-hmm. In, right. I met him in Bombay Airport. Okay. Who else? Um, Kane. I went the full of SRH in in Bombay Airport. Hmm. And I like him. I like oh. Rohit Sharma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rohit Sharma is very good. He's a good batsman. I wouldn't yeah. call him an all rounder. Yeah. Uh, Pandya is Pandya is a good all rounder. Pandya. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Pandya is a good all rounder. Now these are the recent all rounders, but initially, you know, that is not during your time, but during our time, we had very good all rounders. You know, like Kapil Dev, we had Ian Botham, and you know, a lot of lot, lot of all rounders. Viv Richards from the West Indies, uh, Gary Sobers. You know, they were all you know legends in cricket. So if you read read the history of cricket, you'll 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 come across that. probably your dad will be knowing. <laughs> So basically, you're an all-rounder surgeon. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm an all-rounder surgeon, but that I told you that's all history now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What are your hobbies? Hobbies, well, uh, one of them is like yours. I used to play cricket. Then uh, I used to play tennis a little bit. Then I used to do some painting. Yeah, painting. painting. 
Yeah. And I played tennis. In fact, yesterday I played some tennis with my friends. Oh wow, that's great. That's great. Do you go for a coaching uh, class for? No. No. I just once in a while I play with my friends. Yeah. But I'm pretty good. Yeah, but you should you should take up tennis. You know, it's, it's a very good game. You should take yeah. up tennis and learn it the proper way. But my three interests are cricket, badminton, and um, football. And swimming, and swimming. So, what would you like to become, by the way? Would you like to take up medicine, or what is your what is your interest? For me, my number one on the top of the list would be engineering. Right now, right, like engineering, designing, architecture. Mm-hmm. That's nice. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Designing cars. Designing cars, buildings, buses, trains, vehicles. Off late, they've designed a, a flying car also. I don't know whether you've seen it. I have. You've seen in, that? Not in real life, but I've seen it. Okay, okay. So things are going on and uh, in a lot of uh, new things are coming. Robotics is also coming in now. Yeah. They're, making, they're now making autonomous vehicles. Yeah. We have a few in Dubai. The driverless vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. So I've it's going seen. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yes, anything more you would like to know? No, no. Thank you so much for coming on my show. Most welcome. Most welcome. And nice uh, talking to you. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. So you remember all these things, okay? Remember about Shishurada, you must remember because yep. uh, he's, he's the father of surgery. And it's not the Europeans who, who had these barber surgeons. You know, they they totally mutilated the uh, surgery. So it's, yep. basically, it's basically India. The pioneers of surgery. Yep, it's all in my memory. Good. And try try uh, reading all this so you can, you know, mm-hmm. you know, know more about it. The history of yeah. surgery. It's very interesting. Yeah. I want... lo- in Hyderabad, they have lots of Amar Chitrakata books. Maybe I'll find it in there. Yeah. You'll, you'll find this book on Shishurudade. Definitely you'll find it. Yeah. Okay. I probably will when I go to India. All right. Good. Yeah. Right then. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. This Take care. This Love to all. Love to yeah. all. Bye. Thank you. This was fun. Yep. Dear listeners, follow my Facebook page, Curious Vedan, to get updates on my upcoming episodes. To listen at leisure on your phone and get notified about future episodes, subscribe by searching for Curious Vedan wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also listen to my show on CuriousVedant.com. Thank you for listening to Curious Vedant. And don't forget to rate and leave comments.